0: Look at my butt. Show number 187 of Look at His Butt, LT and J.K. Talk Trek.
1: Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's do the show now. <laughs> okay, it's time for the show. And, and we want to open by saying, by giggling, yeah. um, we do this show because we love it. And we yes. love hearing from you. But we love doing the show. But every now and then, we hear from somebody, and it's so wonderful when you people get it. When you're talking
0: like you're talking like Shatner now, do you know that? I know, I know. I can't
1: help it. I'm in Shatner mode. But when it's really obvious, you guys are on the same. We're all on the same wavelength here. As what's incredible, what's dorky. What's amazing. So we're going to start this show by reading you. Lena's going to read you this incredible comment. Actually, two comments. We got on YouTube about the Out to Lunch video. Yes. Now, to refresh your memory, this is a video from 10 years ago or more on this dopey show called Out to Lunch. It was a half-hour show where this dopey girl named Suzanne took a celebrity out to lunch and supposedly interviewed him. And this is the one where Bill is just seducing her through the whole thing. This is so far beyond flirtation. It's jaw-dropping. So, Mm -hmm. uh, Lena, take it away. Oh, sure. And um, I encourage anybody who
0: has not seen this to go to YouTube. I mean, you might want to actually pause the podcast right now if you can. (laughs) Go to YouTube and watch it because it's not that long. And it's so worth watching. I mean, you, this is amazing. It's, it's beyond eating pudding. It's just (laughs) so, so, so incredible. And we've talked about it so many times. And I I have to say, I know we've said this on the show before, but we have shown this to, um, men and every man that we've ever shown it to sits there with their jaw dropped going, he's
1: amazing. (laughs) So it's not just us, right? It's true. No. And I remember the the time I taped it. And I watched it. I just freaked out. And I had you over and Mm -hmm. John. And I think one or two other people. And I said, is it just me? (laughs) And it wasn't.
0: It, it is so not just you. Okay, so so this is what we get. So occasionally, um, we have this posted on YouTube in several parts, and we've gotten great comments on it before. This one came in a couple of weeks ago, and it's, it's a comment on two, I think, sections two and three. Um, and it's from someone named Ian Sinclair. So thank you, Ian Sinclair, if you listen to our show, for leaving us this comment. Um, so here's what he says, and he's addressing this, I think, to uh, the men who might be watching this video. So he yes. says, gentlemen. This is polished graduate level game. He completely maintains his frame, his tempo, his calm. He turns his body into her, maintains a jaded yet intense bedroom eyes focus on her, and thus completely leads her into his headspace, and she follows. He even feeds her early on. Very intimate, very invasive. He lets no moment momentum get away, allows no idle boredom to pass between them, keeps advancing the ball, score. (laughs) Obviously, being an experienced actor enables him to tune out the cameras and crew swirling around them and lets us peek in. Yes. Like all women who are this attractive or full of themselves, she's borderline neurotic about several things. Captain Alpha Suave realizes this and leads her to a better place. I mean, just nibble around the edges. <laughs> this is what he said to her while he was feeding her some food. Freaking yes. brilliant. Perfect, not just psychologically, but also for the calorie counting body conscience high SMV gal. She goes into giggly schoolgirl mode. Oh, please, Mr. Suave Worldly Headmaster, I don't know how my blouse got so unbuttoned. Please don't spank me. (laughs) I mean, this is an experienced, jaded News McBabe surrounded by her support peeps, and she totally crumbles, loses her moorings, in a good way. Nothing left but the swept-away experience the women crave. (laughs) Extra points for him outdressing her and being more appropriately attired for an upscale Cali restaurant. He simultaneously seems totally into Suzanne, and yet it seems not impossible that he might get up and leave with a different woman. Laughing my ass off. And then his final comment. This was. I love this. Um, so after the commercial break, it cuts back on the video, and he says, "Wow! Obviously, during the awkward forced commercial break, Su- Suzanne's producer stepped in, recaged her gyros, gave her some dry panties to put on, got her back on track. You know, the job she's being being paid to do." P.S. Not only is he, as noted below, 68 years old in this segment, but he's Canadian. Yet he overcomes. <laughs> I kid. The guy's inspiring. So very, very true. All of it. So very true. Yes. I just, I I love it. And I love that that Ian Sinclair picked out all of the steps in in Bill's technique as he went through just so accurately.
1: Well, we're always saying Bill should teach a class. And if he's not going to teach a (laughs) class, people should go and watch this. And I, you Mm -hmm. know, this is like Ian did his dissertation on Shatner seduction. You're right. He totally breaks it down. Mm-hmm. But I love and, his conclusion the, that he might just leave with somebody else. <laughs> it's true. He could totally manage that. <laughs> and, and
0: I love that, you know, having it broken down like this is awesome because you can you can see all the little pieces. But it's also a true testament to the fact that as you're watching it, it doesn't seem like it's pieces, right? Yeah. It just seems totally natural. Yes. Like it's he's a, doing a, it it's in a, the moment.
1: It's a cohesive whole thing. It's not, yes. you know... Proceed to step two, you know, or any of that. Exactly. He's just
0: just responding naturally to what's going on. And it's so true. I hadn't really thought about that before. We've laughed many times about how it's hilariously funny that this woman is the host of... um, an out-to-lunch show, and yet she clearly doesn't enjoy eating food. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so that's weird. <laughs> but the fact that he, he sort of plays on that, right? Like, so he's try- he's feeding her little bits of food, and he's mm-hmm. telling her to nibble around the edges, and, and mm-hmm. you know, he's not offering her, like, huge calorie-laden stuff, and he's, no. he's totally playing into her neuro- neuroticity, her neuroticness.
1: Yes, just, you know, just try a little something new, and then maybe later yeah. we'll try something else new, you know, but he doesn't have to say that part.
0: No, 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 no. So that just delighted me so very very much. So
1: you know, I have to wonder. <laughs> is this just Bill naturally doing this with a, a pretty girl? Or we know how he loves to put on the press and take mm-hmm. take charge of an interview. So is he secretly inside going, "Oh my god, this is too easy. This is too funny," you know? <laughs> Is he just doing it to see how flustered he can make her? It's hard to say. It really is.
0: Maybe a little of both, you know? Mm -hmm. Because I can can see him sort of being... He's so in the moment. That's the thing, you know? He is just so present when he's doing these sorts of things that I don't think his his meta level brain is going oh my god this is the funniest thing i've ever done but <laughs> i can also see that maybe he is that aware of what's going on i don't know mm-hmm. i have no idea it would god. be good to ask him but he'd never tell you the truth
1: <laughs> Well, he wouldn't even remember it she would be the person to ask that is true that is i'm true. sure she remembers it i don't know if she would tell us the truth either Uh,
0: Probably not, especially Mm -hmm. if something happened after the cameras were turned off and they, Mm -hmm. you know, they went somewhere.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. They
0: went to the coat closet.
1: (laughs) (laughs) To just nibble around the edges. (laughs) To just nibble around the edges. Yes. Very much so.
0: Oh, Bill! Oh, my goodness! All right. Um, speaking of listener feedback, I have another piece of email that I wanted to read on the sure show, thing. Sure and thing. Um, we'll we'll keep on updating everybody about this because it's so very interesting. So, um, this was email that came to me from a guy named John Barnacle, John Barnacle, and he says. I searched for Voice of the Planet. Everybody remember that? Yes. And a review by Echo was as close as I found. I wanted to view the show and, more importantly, see if they put my name in the credits and spelled it correctly. I worked on it. Mostly, I was at the start helping the crew and some people from California, he puts that in quotes, (laughs) as they bought, gathered, and packed equipment. Then my main job was to drive a van with two camera crews around New York City, Pennsylvania, and New Jersey. One crew was to shoot the bad things that humans did to the planet, and the second was to shoot the making of. After a few days, the second crew shot bad things like the first. So anyway, is there a video it, video of it anywhere? Oh, and do you want or care to know what I experienced and remember? Yes. So I immediately wrote back and said, uh, yeah, for sure. Um, so I'm, I'm waiting to hear back from him. So for those of you who might not remember, we talked about this, oh, years ago, um, that Voice of the Planet was this sort of echo-conscious little quasi-documentary that Bill did. And our friend Echo had a copy of it and um, wrote about um, how Bill was being so sexy with Mother Earth and doing push-ups and all kinds of things like that that (laughs) just seemed great. And and we, we had watched a bit of it and talked about it, and um, I am ashamed to admit I don't know what I did with the DVD. That's why I was asking you if you had it, because I looked through all my DVDs and I can't find it.
1: No, I will look again, but for some reason, DVDs are the one thing I kept all together in these many moves. Mm-hmm. So if it's, you know, it's not with the other ones. So okay. I cannot imagine where it could have gotten to. It might have just gotten lost in the move, in one of the moves, That's you know. True. Well, I'm going to look through mine again. It, my problem is I've just got too many, mm-hmm. and
0: I've got most of the Shatner stuff in one place, but it's possible that this one just somehow got separated from its brethren and is in another place in my house. Um, um, did you so look I through want...
1: the—sorry.
0: Oh, no, I was going to say I, I want to tell him
1: um, if his name is in the credits mm-hmm. and it's spelled correctly. Well, yeah. Um, is it uh, possible that it's with all that stuff I gave you that you've, you know, been selling those? Eh? Oh, that's a good place to look because I haven't looked in that
0: box. Oh, okay, good. I'm glad I brought it up. Okay, I will look in that box. Thank you. That is an excellent idea. Okay. So um, we'll let you guys know. And um, I suppose if we can't figure out any other way, we could always ask Echo if she's got other copies of it.
1: Right, but or I, if any of our listeners have a copy, um, could you just take a look at the credits and see if what's his first name? I know his last name, Barnacle. John Barnacle. John Barnacle is uh, listed anywhere and how it's spelled, so we could at least pass that information along to him.
0: Right, but I think we are all very curious to know what his experiences were yes. and if he got to meet Bill and what people had to say about Bill and just mm-hmm. any any kind of gossip or backstory that went along with this Voice of the Planet thing. So who knows? Um, maybe if he's a, a tech-savvy guy, we can even interview him on the show. So we'll see if we can make that happen. So that there is so definitely cool. more to come, more to come.
1: Okay, now we have a very important announcement, something so marvelously wonderfully exciting is happening for us (laughs) the first weekend in June we are definitely going to the Creation Con in Schaumburg, Illinois we have our tickets yes we have our hotel reservation (laughs) so that's definitely happening and uh, Bill will be there Saturday afternoon is you know these things can always change of course but that's The way it's planned now, we are planning to have a room party. Yay! So, Midwest listeners, if you want to, uh, you know, hang out with us and Mm -hmm. be goofy and and watch some stuff, we would love to to do that. So, let us know if you're interested. But also, kind of off topic, but the very next night, Mm -hmm. Sunday night, in the city of Chicago, we are going to see Eddie Izzard. It's amazing that those two
0: things. Do you think Bill will be there to see Eddie Izzard? Wouldn't oh, that be amazing? It, it, it would be incredible.
1: <laughs> I mean, can you imagine, uh, you know, like Bill and Craig Ferguson have become like this comedy duo. Yes. Because Bill's doing cold opens for Ferguson all the time, and they're so funny. Can you imagine a conversation between Bill and Eddie Izzard? Oh, my God. It would be amazing. Maybe maybe Eddie will show up at the con. Oh, I, you know, he, he likes Star Trek. He does like Star Trek, yes. Oh, but he's, well, he's got a show Saturday night, oh. but I don't think there's a matinee. Oh, maybe he could come. Yes, Phaser set on slight
0: cough. I think it would be wonderful. <laughs> Phaser's set on I left the gas on. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Phaser set on limp. <laughs> limp. <laughs> so it's going to be such an awesome weekend. We'll probably just melt or explode or something.
0: I think so. I think it's going to be a fabulous, fabulous time. And there are other um, stars who are going to be there. So we will be having a load of fun. It will be amazing. So, yes, if you are going to be there, let us know. Um, even if you're not going to the con, if you just want to have a party with us,
1: come to our room. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, whatever, whatever. It's cool. It's all good. Yeah.
0: And and we'll be doing loads of podcasting. So mm-hmm. we'll be interviewing people and uh, reporting on the spot for all the crazy stuff that's going to be happening.
1: Yes. So speaking of Craig Ferguson, um, since we last recorded a show, Bill has done two cold opens for Ferguson. (laughs) And it's becoming like a set piece because they're always sitting in front of this amazingly bright fake fire and um, in, you know, like armchairs. And Bill has a big long cigar and Craig has a pipe that has nothing in it. And they're just blathering away. And uh, Bill always manages to plug whatever he's plugging. But he was talking... One of them was filmed right before he went to Las Vegas for their creation con. And uh, so he mentions this. And uh, Ferguson says, oh, what are you going to be doing there? Hookers and blow? And, (laughs) And, of course, that became the theme, is hookers and blow. You know, and they just they just run with it they're so ridiculous and they crack each other up and each one is like maybe 3 minutes long so we will put the links to these two in the uh, in the show notes so that you guys can watch them because they're so funny but it he's like becoming a regular but that's his part-time job now that's I know it's what it's what it's doing. you know Craig Ferguson and Jeff the Robot and William Shatner and the dancing <laughs> horse you know it's just <laughs> It's so funny. And I, you know, I think he's just doing it because it's so much fun. He is so silly and relaxed with Ferguson the way I've never seen him with other talk show people.
0: Mm-hmm. Yep. There's definitely something there where the two of them um, just have that chemistry. It's amazing. Yes. And you can tell how, you can just, by looking at them, you can see that they're just trying so hard to crack each other up
1: oh, yeah. and be as silly as they possibly can be. And that it's, it's awesome. not at all scripted. Yep. It's it's really, really fun to watch. So even if you can't stay up late to watch the Ferguson show, you can uh, see it on, I think it's on YouTube or CBS or whatever. We've got the links. Yes.
0: Yeah, you can definitely do it. So, well, thanks. Thanks for that. Um, I would like to spend just a few minutes plunging back into that most unpleasant of topics, Star Trek Into Darkness. Uh, <laughs> Just, Star Trek into dumbness. Into dumbness. Just for a minute, because we had two little tidbits to talk about. One of them was an interview with Chris Pine, nobody's favorite actor. <laughs> and it was with a, a, a outlet called Total Film, who are good, and they were interviewing me because he's in that Jack Ryan movie now, I guess. Yes, yes. So he was doing the rounds in the press. And so they were talking about the next Star Trek movie, which is in production or somebody's writing it or whatever. So uh, the journalist says, if you were to sit down with the writers of Star Trek III and request any scene or moment for Kirk, what would it be? And Chris Pine says, well, for anybody that's seen Into Darkness, given the fact that Kirk's been revived by Khan's blood, I think there's definitely room for Kirk to go dark, which we've obviously seen in the original series. That would be fun,
1: I think. Because your personality and character is coded into your blood. I don't get it. And
0: (laughs) like what, what, I don't even know what he means by that. You know, it's like Kirk was dark in the original series. Okay. The only times that that really happened was in the mirror mirror episode. So let's just knock that one right out because that doesn't count. Right. Um, In enemy within where he Mm -hmm. literally got split into two people. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. that doesn't really count. And then, Maybe a little bit in something like Obsession, where we saw some aspect of him that was maybe a little dark, but not really. I mean, what the hell is he talking about?
1: He's an idiot. Don't listen to him.
0: (laughs) I I just, I don't get it. I don't get what he means. Why is he saying this? and Why are people letting him talk to the press about it? Well, (laughs) I
1: don't know. Um... (laughs) Um, sorry. <laughs> well while while we're on the subject of New Track and why it sucks, um, there's a wonderful article here that was sent to us by um, I believe, uh, our man in New Zealand. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. And um it's 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 a, a blog um with an entry by Lightning Louie. And it's it's uh Oh uh, Lightning Louie and Eric. So it's it's like a conversation. But um I'm trying to think if I can cut this down so we don't have to read the whole thing. Oh Well, it starts out talking about how, almost without exception, the future, as presented in movies, is always dystopian and, and horrible. Yes. You know, things you, yes. you just would not want to be part of. And he says, of course, the, uh, the big exception was the Trek movies. But they were cheap to make and had a built-in audience, so easy money. <laughs> I think, and here I'm going to read this paragraph. I think the problem with the Abrams movies is that they're not really Star Trek. Yes. Just generic Hollywood action movies with a Star Trek desktop theme. I have never heard that put clearer or better expressed. I- I completely agree with that statement. Yes. yes. He says, this is the, proper, the problem with just about any updating of a classic property. Just look at Lone Ranger. No, don't. If you're spending $200 million on an event movie, they're all going to be running the same software underneath. And then Eric replies, um, Star Trek The Motion Picture isn't just an outlier. It's basically a throwback to the 1950s fair like Forbidden Planet. Exploration mm-hmm. is its own reward. We'll solve problems through reason. Do you remember in Star Trek The Motion Picture, they fire the ship's weapons exactly once in the entire movie at a rock that gets mm-hmm. in their way. Then they face something that threatens the entire human species, and they talk to it. And ask it what it wants. Then a crew member sacrifices his mundane, meaty existence to save the human race by evolving into some kind of higher being. Negotiation and altruistic self-sacrifice. That's Roddenberry's vision of the problem solving. As opposed Mm -hmm. to Abrams' version of shooting everything and then shooting it some more. And then skydiving at it and then shooting it again. Or maybe punching it. Punching is good. TMP isn't a very good movie. But the by-the-number cynicism of Into Darkness make it look makes it look like some kind of weird masterpiece. Hmm.
0: Yes, absolutely, positively, and I think we all know that the next Star Trek movie directed by Abrams or whoever is going to be exactly like the first two. And oh yes. Is going to change.
1: And the biggest thing, and it's it's almost like the elephant in the room because nobody really talks about it, is that Spock is now the hero. Yeah. And Kirk is a jerk who gets in trouble, and Spock saves his bacon. Yep. I mean, That's it's... not Star Trek. It's That's Bizarro World Star Trek. Star Trek. Yep. Yep. And <sighs> um, you know, I, I know am not he... a fan of Star Trek The Motion Picture, but I do think he makes really valid points.
0: Mm-hmm. I, I agree. Um. Did you see during the Super Bowl that they had a commercial for Comcast Infinity with Zachary Quinto and, and what's-his-name playing Chekhov? No, I was busy watching the Puppy Bowl. <laughs> yeah, and, you know, the Goldfish Bowl was good, too. Um, I know. But yeah. <laughs> I did not uh, yep.
1: watch the Kitten Bowl, but tell me about this commercial. So it's just a, it's a
0: stupid commercial for Comcast Infinity, and they somehow managed to get Quinto and... Um, What's his name? Anton Yeltsin. Uh, Yelchin? To, to come back. Yelchin, <laughs> thank you. Sorry. Uh, to come back and do Spock and Chekhov. And it's stupid. I mean, they like beam into Comcast tech support and they're looking around and going, oh, look at all this futuristic stuff. Isn't it amazing? Look at the technology. And then they beam out and they take all of the super high tech Comcast stuff with them. Ha,
1: ha, ha. Isn't that funny? <laughs> yeah.
0: It's just, I don't know. It's stupid, and they don't even look very good because they couldn't get Spock's wig just right. And
1: Oh, dear. Uh,
0: yeah, so I sure hope they go. both got paid lots of money for that. I hope so. Like I hope so. All right, one more thing about new Star Trek, um, which okay. is these hor- horrifying Star Trek figures. <gasps> <laughs> Man... Um, I, will, I think I will put these up as the image for this particular podcast so people can see them. So this was a review on io9. I hope it doesn't and frighten people away. <laughs> the title for this article is, in fact, Did We Know These Totally Horrifying Star Trek Figures Exist? And they are quite horrifying. So it's Kirk and Spock. And um, the comment here is, I can't tell what bothers me the most, the unnecessary chest articulation that makes our intrepid Starfleet officers look like they're wearing boob plates. Yeah. The fact that the fact that Kirk scarily looks like Hayden Christensen rather than Chris <laughs> Pine, also very true. Or the faces etched in a look that screams, I could really do with pooping right now, rather than determination or toughness. Yes. Oh. And they have several photos of them, and after each one it says, ah. ah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> they are horrible. They, they are, are awful, really horrible. And I did read through a bunch of the comments, and uh, I, they just—they just get really funny. I mean, the, the one guy says they're wearing um, part of the new uniform is that you wear this shorty shirt over your real <laughs> shirt, you know. And, <laughs>
0: Oh, they're yeah. terrible. They're just they really, awful. really freaking ugly. So, yes. yeah. And, yeah, and the clothes are full of wrinkles. What's with <laughs> all the wrinkles in the clothes?
1: <laughs> yeah. Usually the I, clothes are, like, skin tight. They're, like, part of the body. So,
0: I don't yeah, know. That, I don't it's know. Just, it's not good. Okay, anyway, so nobody has to buy those. Nobody ever has to look at
1: those again. You just I'm have just to look to... at the ugly ugly picture on the website, and, and that'll do you for nightmares yes. for a few weeks. Okay. Okay. Um,
0: while we're on the topic of Trek crap, we could wait, talk wait, about wait, a, wait, a few other things. Wait, wait, oh, wait. Ahead, wait. Stop!
1: Stop! Can we take a break? Oh, and sure. And then we'll come back and do Trek crap.
0: Okay. So everybody, just be patient. We'll be back in a minute, and there's some really fun Trek crap to talk oh, about. Oh, there really is. Space, the final frontier. These are the voyages of the Starship Enterprise. Its five-year mission. To explore strange new
1: worlds. To seek out new life and new civilizations. To boldly go where no man has gone before.
0: Talk to us, listeners. We love hearing from you. Send email to lookathisbutt at gmail.com. Leave comments at lookathisbutt.blogspot.com. And don't forget our Facebook page. This podcast produced on a MacBook Pro with GarageBand.
1: Here we are at part two, about to part two. embark on our journey through trek crap
0: Yes. There's so much good stuff. So, um, it seems like um, things, we're, we're talking about small things today rather than big mm-hmm. things. It, it almost seems like we get those in waves, don't we? Like yeah. that one episode we were talking about wall posters and giant coffee tables and replicas <laughs> of the Enterprise. And today's stuff is all small that you could hold yes. in your hand. Yes. Yes. So the first thing is that um, we've got a Romulan bird of prey. I can't even say it. What the heck is I it know with me? Bird of prey plush. And I'm not sure why you'd want one of these. Like, <laughs> it would be a toy for your small child. Um, but it's a little bird of prey. And it's so cute. It's sort of
1: round. And it's all
0: plushy and squishy and everything. Yeah,
1: maybe it's, a, maybe it's a dog toy.
0: Yeah. Um, it says this Chibi-style ship measures approximately six point seven five inches long, with a wingspan yeah, wingspan <laughs> of nine point five inches from nacelle to nacelle. Though this ship, though this is the twenty third century model, we've left off the plasma torpedoes and nuclear weapons for safety reasons. So that's good to know.
1: Yes. Yeah, I think you'd get in trouble for shipping that stuff.
0: Definitely. So yes, it's very cute. So yep, you can buy bad guys in plush form. <laughs> Which makes them lovable bad guys. Yeah. Okay. Now, the next thing, I, I have a question about it. So, why don't you talk about the tribbles?
1: Okay. This is Mama Tribble, Star Trek Mama Tribble Plush. And it is a tribble, and she comes with a lot of baby tribbles. Oh,
0: babies.
1: Yeah. Now, here's the thing. There are pictures, of course. And the one that I find disturbing is the one with the hand.
0: Yes, that's what I wanted to ask you about.
1: That's what I want to know. It looks like the baby Tribbles actually come out of the mama. Yeah, is that right? Or is the person holding it to show size comparison? You know, this is a little one, this is a big one. So I'm, I'm trying to to read here. Um, the Five-inch mama has extra-long gray fur with a slight sheen. She carries... 10 little ones that also sport long fur in a variety of colors, brown, dark, gray, and white. Each mama comes in a special container that features nursery tips and is designed to keep it safe and out of reach of pesky Klingons.
0: Mm. Hmm. I don't know.
1: That's kind of creepy. And certainly wouldn't want it around kids. I wouldn't, you know, little ones for the, the questions it might bring up.
0: Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I really hope that the little ones aren't inside the big one, because, yeah, that's just weird. That's yeah, really and weird. I'm
1: looking, trying to see if there is a place for comments or anything, and I don't, so.
0: Are we the only people who want to know about this?
1: Well, it <laughs> says availability, sign up for our waiting list below, mm, so. Okay. Okay. Uh, Oh so it's 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 not ready yet. If you sign up for the mailing list you're basically pre-ordering. Okay. But, well maybe we could
0: we could send them email and say I would be interested only if the little ones don't come out of the big one.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, and the thing is we don't know that that would be how tribbles reproduce. Maybe, maybe. she just sheds and the fur becomes baby tribbles that could be. Maybe
0: maybe they bud like sponges or something. Yeah, or the, the yeah.
1: I mm-hmm. no have no idea. Well, they're idea very all. pretty.
0: I, I like the fur that they've made them out of. Mm-hmm. They're pretty attractive looking.
1: But uh, frightening.
0: Yeah, definitely yeah. frightening. Definitely okay. scary. Now this next item is far more prosaic, but I like it anyway. And <laughs> that is um, Starfleet uniform style wallets. <laughs> so these are very nice. And I like the description here. It says... Fed up with digging loose Federation credits out from your pockets? Well, new Star Trek licensor BioWorld might have the solution with their new collection of TOS uniform style wallets. As one, expects from the, as one expects from these sort of uniform inspired products, they come in all three division colors, all featuring a hexagonal texture color material and sewn in Starfleet emblems. The red shirt version has one extra feature. Inside, you'll find the text He's dead, Jim. <laughs> So I guess that's a consolation prize because I think if you actually bought one that was a red shirt one, you would die.
1: (laughs) Or at least your money would be stolen. And technically, (laughs) to to be correct, it should be I'm dead, Jim, if if you're the red shirt. shirt. That's true. But the thing that that just struck me right off about these is... um, Nobody has wallets in the 23rd century.
0: (laughs) This is true.
1: I mean. This is true. You know, Kirk at one point says, or somebody says they've done away with money, but Mm -hmm. then we do see, you know, talk about Kwatlu's and and things, you know, being exchanged for value and stuff. So I don't know. Have they gone to some fancy barter system? But um, yes, this is, this is strange.
0: I wonder if if Quatloos are like the Bitcoin of the future.
1: Oh, maybe so. I'm kind of well. They'd probably get sued. I was going to say. I wonder why the Bitcoin people didn't call them Quatloos. I mean, half of everything else on the internet is named after Star Trek, right? That is true. That's what I would have done if I'd
0: invented Bitcoins. I would have called them Quatloos. That is for damn sure. Yep. All right. And now um, the last item in our Trek crap rundown is. in the category of things we've talked about before, which are salt and pepper shakers. Yes. So I just happened to be searching around online and I noticed on Amazon that they have a whole bunch of salt and pepper shakers made by the same company that made Kirk in his chair and the wonderful Mm -hmm. um, enterprise shuttlecraft combination. And um, some of them are good and some of them are like weird. So, the ones that they have are um, the two that we've already physically got. Yes. Then there's a magnetic Spock and Kirk uh, salt and pepper shaker set with them kind of standing up next to each other and looking very Captain Lee and First Officer Lee. So those Officer are kind of cool. Lee? <laughs> I don't know. Whatever. Um, and then you can also get the um, Enterprise and Romulan Bird of Prey set. Now... I'm looking at the picture that they have on Amazon, and Uh the weird thing is that they're kind of butting heads with each other, (laughs) the the Enterprise and the Bird of Prey. So I don't know if they're supposed to be fighting or mating. Maybe I'm not really sure. (laughs) To make little ships. (laughs) (laughs) To make little ships because it just it doesn't look quite right. And again, (laughs) the scale is all all strange. And plus. the Enterprise in the set that you gave me really looks like the Enterprise. It's mm-hmm. pretty true to design, whereas this particular Enterprise looks kind of like sausages. I don't know.
1: Uh, yeah, yeah.
0: It's squishy. Um, so then there's also an Enterprise and Klingon ship magnetic salt and pepper shaker set, which mm-hmm. is kind of the same design. And again, they seem to be butting heads with each other. Um, then, for reasons unknown, there is a Uhura and Dr. McCoy salt and pepper shaker set.
1: Right, and that's the one I'm looking at now, and I have to say the faces are horrible. They're awful. They're just awful. They are. I mean, the, the face on my little Kirk one is so, so good. And these are just. <laughs> They're just.
0: Yeah, it's pretty bad. Now, I immediately, because I'm a cynical person, was thinking. Oh, do they mean you to put pepper in the Uhura shaker?
1: <laughs> I didn't even think of that. Does it say which is which?
0: It doesn't say. I'm sure you can do whatever you want. But anyway, well, just...
1: usually on these things, like the, the the salt shaker has two or three holes, and the pepper shaker yeah. has one.
0: Does it say? I'm looking at it right
1: now. No,
0: it doesn't really have a description of mm. which is which. It just says each piece has a magnetic insert. Okay. Bah, bah, bah. Um, and
1: somebody in the comments says, um, "Which one is salt and which one is pepper?" So <laughs> you're not the okay. only one wondering okay. about that.
0: That is good. All right. Then the last one is just a little strange. Um, this is the Command Insignia Salt and Pepper Shakers, and it's it's really kind of odd. It's a giant insignia. That sort of is on a, a white pedestal that says Star Trek on it. And then it's two halves, so it comes apart, and one's for salt and one's for pepper. And I'm just looking at it going, who buys this? Like, who would put this on their their kitchen table to put salt and pepper in? Really? It's very nicely designed. I don't know. <laughs> oh, of course, there's a comment. They came in the mail on time and look very nice on the counter and have magnets between them to keep them together.
1: Oh, good. I'm so glad.
0: I'm so glad, yeah. Uh, I got this from my boyfriend for Christmas, and he absolutely loves it. We now have a Star Trek-themed kitchen. Now, although I prefer Star Wars over Star Trek, these ah! shakers are pretty bitchin'. Mmm. Oh.
1: Oh,
0: Alright, I don't know. I mean, if you're going to go crazy and get a Star Trek salt and pepper shaker set, you really need to go for either the Kirk one or the one that you gave me, because those are cool. Yes. This is just strange.
1: Yes. Yes. Very strange.
0: All right. Well, that's all I have to say about that.
1: <laughs> um. Hold on. Hold on. I just saw an interesting link. Okay. Well, here's here's one. Uh, this is on Mod Cloth. Oh, and, I like Mod Cloth. Okay. They're featuring the the Kirk and Spock one, and it says Spice, the Final Frontier Shaker Set. <laughs> Your geekiest guests will beam with delight, revealing that they're no real Vulcan when they find that you've traded your typical shakers for this Star Trek-inspired fleet, a tasteful tribute to your favorite science fiction series this distinctive set stars the ceramic likeness of both Mr. Spock and Captain James T. Kirk when they're not keeping each other company with the help of shoulder mounted magnets this enterprising crew is charmed to season your freshly synthesized food at maximum warp speed, spice up your plomeek soup or add savor to your guest bar I don't know what guest bar is With this awe-inspiring intergalactic set. (laughs) Okay, that's pretty funny. (laughs) Yes. And the very first comment must be a response to some other comments. It says, "Um, hello, it's Kirk and Spock salt and pepper shakers. Why are you even bothering to read the reviews?
0: (laughs) Uh, Yeah, pretty much. Uh, Yeah, pretty much.
1: Oh, here's here's a criticism. These are really adorable. Spock is realistically Spocky enough, but they fall down very easily. Oh. (laughs) This is great. They also look weird when apart because Spock has a magnet where his arm should be.
0: (laughs) (laughs) See, that's why your set with Kirk sitting in his chair is perfect. <laughs> I love he doesn't, set. he doesn't fall over. He doesn't have a missing arm. It's just <laughs> him and his command chair with all his little buttons and everything.
1: Oh, oh I love
0: that. Oh. <laughs> that's the
1: details they don't tell you
0: about. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Uh, even if you zoom in on the picture, you won't know. If he's yes. Arm. Oh,
1: yes. Yes. Okay. okay, so
0: there you go, Trek crap. I think next time we'll definitely try for an Etsy segment since yes we've one. Of we episodes. haven't
1: had one in a while,
0: yeah, yeah, so i'll I'll get that together all right, so there's your trek crap now, speaking of something that might or might not be trek, this is an update on another fan film that's called Star Trek Renegades, okay. oh, okay. So, there's some interesting news about this. Um, We had mentioned this once before because I had heard about it uh, due to the fact that they actually got some Star Trek actors to come back. So, Walter Koenig Mm -hmm. is in it, and Tim Russ is in it, and Robert Picardo is in it. So, they're real, actual people. And um, they got Grant Imahara, who is on Mythbusters, to be... There. Yeah.
1: Oh, yes, yes. Okay, yeah. yeah. Okay. I so, remember this
0: now. Okay, and, and there's some other people associated with it, like real actors. So there's um, a guy, an actor, his name is Corin Nemec, and he was in um, Stargate for a while. And before that, he was in this very funny show called uh, Parker Lewis Can't Lose, which I used to watch all the time. And uh, so he's in it, and Edward Furlong is in it. He's a real actor. He used to be. He was in the Terminator film, Terminator Two. Oh yeah. I
1: okay, I yeah. knew I knew that name. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and and various other folks are in it. Um, so it's a, a fan film, and they did a, a Kickstarter for it, and they got a bunch of money. And you know, it has a plot, whatever the plot happens to be, and they are. It's in post production right now. These are the same people who did Of Gods and Men, so it's the same production team.
1: Okay. And
0: um, here's what it says, which I find really interesting. The production team are aiming for three possible outcomes from the fan made pilot it will be picked up by CBS for a series, it will be made into a standalone film, or it will be the first episode of an internet based series.
1: I was thinking that third one's the most likely to be a web series.
0: But I had seen in a like as I was researching this, I saw in a couple of places that they felt like it was going to get picked up by CBS. Like there were some really? real actual talk about it getting picked up. So that would make it a Star Trek thing on television uh-huh. that's uh-huh. not by Paramount, which is weird.
1: Don't you think? Yeah. Yeah, but. Um, so, anyway. Hmm. <laughs> well, I'm sure there would have to be some sort of cooperation with Paramount or them at least getting a huge chunk of money. You know, to do that.
0: Yeah. Um, So, you know, they're thinking that if it did get picked up, this would be, uh, yeah, they said a series. This would be the beginning of a series, Mm -hmm. which just strikes me as a little bit crazy. But, you know, good for them for for going through it. Um, Have you watched it? I have not. They only have teasers so far. Oh, um, okay. A full-length trailer with the extra visual effects is supposed to be released in February of this year. Mm. And then the whole thing isn't going to be done until fall because they're doing all the special effects and stuff now. Yes. But here's an interesting thing. So it has the cast. I'm looking at Wikipedia. And then there's a whole giant list of supporting cast and cameos because, you know, everybody and their brother has to get on screen for a second since it's a fan-funded thing. Right. And right in the middle of this list of 30 people, it says William Shatner as Captain Kirk in old recorded document. And then in parens, it says cameo. And I thought, what does that mean?
1: I'll tell you what it means.
0: What is what? Tell me. Explain Old that to recorded me.
1: document. They are thinking they're going to get permission to use clips. You think they can, though? Yeah. Well, I mean, it's kind of like what Trials and Tribulations did. Yeah, but that was all Paramount. I mean, this I know, I know they would really have to, you know. But the thing is, they don't need Shatner's permission. Yeah, they need Paramounts.
0: Wow. Okay. Well, that would be a huge thing for like personally. If I was watching a fan made film and they had clips of Captain Kirk, Mm -hmm. I'd be like, "Whoa, that's kind of amazing." Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. But it's listed. It says it right here. Supporting cast and cameos, and Bill is the only. actor besides Walter Koenig from TOS. That's that's
1: Hmm. listed. So they're not even telling us in these teasers what time period it's set in or... Let me see. If it's Um, a space station or a spaceship or a... I'll
0: I'll read the synopsis. Here's Okay, thank you. It is ten years after Voyager's return from the Delta Quadrant, so it's the future. Um, The future, future. The Federation is in a crisis. The Federation's main supplies of dilithium crystal are disappearing space and time have folded around several planets effectively isolating them from any contact with outside worlds the phenomenon is not natural someone or something is causing it to happen maybe it's Voldemort this necessi- no, sorry this necessitates dramatic measures some of which this is so badly punctuated I can hardly read it oh dear um, this necessitates dramatic measures some of which are outside the Federation's normal jurisdiction <laughs> that doesn't actually make sense Okay, Um, for this, Admiral Pavel Chekhov, head of Starfleet Intelligence, turns to Commander Tuvok, Voyager's former security officer and current head of newly reorganized Section 31. Uh, Tuvok must put together a new covert renegade crew, mostly outcasts and rogues, of course, and even criminals. This new crew is tasked with finding out what is causing the folding of time and space and stopping it at all costs, but will they be able to put aside their differences and stop trying to kill one another in time to accomplish their mission? I so guess they will. I'm, I'm betting that yes, they will. Is
1: that the premise of the series? No idea. That's okay, because I was going to say, it. I tend to not like Star Trek that starts out with a disaster that's going to be ongoing through six seasons like Voyager. Oh, we're yeah. lost, and we're going to be lost <laughs> for six seasons, you know? Really, I like my Trek episodic.
0: Yeah, well... Um, If they continued it, maybe it's going to focus more on uh, Section 31 or something like that. I don't really know. But that's what it says here. That's what Hmm. it says on
1: Wikipedia. Okay. Well, that'll be something to keep keep an eye on.
0: Yeah. So if anybody (laughs) out there who's listening has got more information um, or knows more about it, let us know. Because I just haven't seen too much. And this, I just came across by accident in... IMDb and it's it actually in IMDb is listed as like new Trek series and I was going what whoa yeah like really that's the way it's going to be listed Uh, Hmm. so yeah strange
1: well hmm Well, um, we were going to talk about the latest articles from John Tenuto about Space Seed. But something occurred to me. It's something I've been wanting to talk to you about. So I'm going to yes. skip over that and go right into this. <clears throat> it has to do with, uh, sort of with fanfic and with the idea of fan films. Um, as you know, I'm a big fan of the Sherlock series with Benedict Cucumberbund. <laughs> And it has just come back on. So I've seen all three now of, of series three. They're, only, they're always an hour and a half long, so there's only three in a season. The first one, now I know you don't watch them, and I'm not going to delve into plot too much, but the first one had what I thought were some fun and clever winks at the fans, mm-hmm. although they had too many of them. Um, I do want to tell you this one, though, because it totally cracked me up. As you may know, at the end of series two, you know, uh, Sherlock was forced to jump off a building and die. Mm -hmm. Okay, Mm -hmm. so he's dead. So this series opens with, there is this guy who doesn't believe he's dead. And he's like a conspiracy theory person. And he's formed a group of like-minded people who are always coming up with ideas on how Sherlock could have faked it. And each of these ideas is initially presented as though, okay, this is how he did it. And then you find out, no, it's just this guy's idea. Well, there is one that is so outrageous. And it ends with Sherlock and Moriarty leaning in for a kiss. (laughs) And then it cuts to the room where this group meets. And the guy who's the head of it goes, that doesn't make any sense. (laughs) And the woman who obviously came up with the idea goes, well, it does to me. (laughs) that's awesome. Yeah, but it did too many of those things. Okay. okay. The second one was so full of meta crapola that I I was going, is there is there a mystery here? Is there something to be solved? And then the third one it got back on track as far as I'm concerned. Well, I've been reading some reviews and a lot of people have said they're getting carried away with that cuteness and the meta and they need to straighten up and do the series right. But I got to thinking, especially you know the one with the slash in it and all these different mm-hmm. things. I was thinking, okay, so this is somebody's little fantasy come true that they have filmed at least a part of what your idea is, which you mm-hmm. said Sherlock and Moriarty are attracted to each other. And i I was thinking about it, and I was thinking, there's a good reason there is fanfic, and we've talked about those reasons there's also a good reason that most of the people who write fanfic are never allowed to write the real stuff. (laughs) And I'm thinking about my fanfic and going, I don't think I'd want to see it filmed. Hmm. Uh, Because, I mean, it was bad enough when I was posting it and there were people who hated it and were going, ew, ew. But to have it hated all over the world and in reviews and everything (laughs) might be hard. I mean, fanfic, is each, each of us making our own personal statement mm-hmm. on the series. And there are other people who maybe enjoy your statements and agree with them, but it's not the real thing. Mm-hmm. And watching this Sherlock, where they got so far into being clever with stuff like that so that there really was, I, I like I say, in the first one, I wasn't even aware they were trying to solve a mystery. And the second one, I had to work really hard to look at it or, you know, to, to find it. And the, the, there's a whole, well, I won't get into it, but I mean, there is huge long segments of it that have nothing to do with solving a mystery. And it made me not like it. And I'm thinking, mm. fanfic is this thing that... You want in doses that you can handle. You want it when you want it, but it mm-hmm. really made me realize when people say, "Yes, this is this is how it should really be." Wouldn't it be mm-hmm. great if they really were to film this fabulous KS story or whatever it was? It makes me now go, "No, <laughs> that that's good as a sideline." <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: I I completely agree with you, and I think um, in some. Um book or, or article that I had read about fanfic a long time ago, somebody was saying that one of the the definitions of fanfic is that it's fiction, it's ideas, it's stories that fill the gaps between the episodes, mm-hmm. right? And that's exactly what it is. It fills the gaps between the actual episodes. It's not episodes. Right. Uh, unless you're not really writing fanfic, then you're writing scripts or you're writing mm-hmm. novels or something. And that's a different thing from actual fanfic that I think you and I are most used to where it's very um, character driven or just exploring a really small moment which isn't enough to make an episode that you would actually film and put on television so yeah I'm with you on that.
1: Well I like think of my stuff and even the stuff that I still think is good I'm going there isn't an episode there I never wrote anything that had um, oh, there's a problem to be solved and the characters do this because mine was always about the characters interacting with each other and yes. having fights or fucking or whatever they were doing. Mm-hmm. And that's what these Sherlock episodes felt like. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It was very strange. Yeah,
0: I I don't know. I mean, they they have a very interesting, the, the creators, Moffat mm-hmm. and uh, Gatiss, they have a very interesting relationship with the fans.
1: Oh, yes. And,
0: you know, I, I think that they, um, on one hand, they really enjoy doing that kind of thing with mm-hmm. the fans. And on the other hand, I don't think they take it too seriously because they do come in for all kinds of love and hate. Oh, yes. The, the internet all over the place. So mm-hmm.
1: it's,
0: it's kind of weird. You know, they, they sort of dip in and out. And um, I, I don't know if it's healthy To have that kind of interaction in the actual produced episodes?
1: Well, that's just it. Like, if there had been one or two little winks, because, of course, there had been a ton of speculation on how did he fake it. And I'm sure, you know, I don't go to those fan boards or read that fan fiction, but I'm sure there was a ton of it. So, you know, I would have thought, oh, that's so cute and clever if there had been, like, you know, that one thing or two. Mm-hmm. You know the one that starts it all out, so we know there 's this this guy with his conspiracy theory, and then the one that ended slashily mm-hmm. that would have been great, but the whole the whole thing was just so fanfic, angsty. Mm-hmm. and and to have two episodes like that i was like oh my god what has happened here and then luckily <laughs> the third episode got its act together and and i enjoyed it there was an actual criminal to pursue and you know so that was great but i was like what the hell are they doing
0: Maybe they just sat down and they said, all right, look, let's do two episodes that cater to the fans and make them really happy. And then we never have to do anything to make them happy ever again.
1: <laughs> well, I was reading something about those two guys, um, Moffat. And I forget the other guy's name that when they started writing the Sherlock series, they said, well, this is one where we can do whatever we want. Cause nobody will ever produce it. <laughs> and of course it got produced and it's a huge, huge hit the whole world over. and, I don't think that they did that stuff necessarily to make the fans happy. Um, I think it was sort of a passive aggressive thing.
0: Could it be, could be. Who knows? I, I really don't know. I have to say, um, Stephen Moffat in particular, you know, he is also the showrunner for Doctor Who. Yes. He he is he is the biggest troll out there, I swear to God. <laughs> in in Doctor Who fandom he he takes this really – and this kind of plays into what you are saying. He takes this perverse delight in lying to the fans. Oh, yeah. He really does. Like he, people will ask him, you know, oh, is this going to happen? Is this going to happen? And sometimes he will just flat out lie about stuff. And he just seems to enjoy sort of winding people up and egging them on and, and saying things that might be true or are so outrageous that they couldn't be true. And then sometimes they do turn out to be true. And mm-hmm. you can never, ever believe anything he says.
1: See, I think that would be the fun part of being in his position, though. And certainly if I did not want to give away what I was actually going to do, I would sometimes tell the truth, sometimes lie, and the truth I would tell would be so outrageous like you say. I mean, I would do that.
0: Mm-hmm. I, I think that's what he does, uh, you know, down mm-hmm. to, like, when they were replacing Matt Smith, and, and they were talking about, you know, who's going to be the new doctor, and he kept saying, oh, no, we haven't even chosen anybody yet, and everyone's going, dude, you're going to be filming in a month, of course you've chosen, you chose four <laughs> months ago, you know, and here he is going to the press, like, no, no, we're still looking at people, we have no idea who the new doctor's going to be, and it's like, you're so lying, you are just yes. faultless yes. lying to people, so... Mm-hmm. That's just the way they, they roll. I don't know. That's well,
1: how they are. Well, you know, he obviously enjoys fucking with the fans, mind-fucking them. So um, I could see them going, oh, you want Sherlock to be all relationshipy and and mushy and people talking about their feelings. I could see maybe, if I felt I could get away with it, doing, like, one episode like that, which would be deliberate crap, like Spock's Brain, we we (laughs) hear, was written as a joke. I could Mm -hmm. see at least writing a Spock's Brain-type episode that's all shippy. But when it was two episodes full of this, I really was going, okay, now I'm scared. Mm -hmm. I don't want to see this. And I would not want to see a Kirk Spock TV show even if oh, it wasn't no. slashy but where it's just about these two and their friendship and their adventures and you know yeah. it's like no no nobody wants to see that <laughs> Well, a lot of people do you know so oh, I, don't, I don't know it, really it just it just kind of shook me up to see that being done in a show I like not my beloved star trek but in a show I like and feeling my own reaction to it which was ew So, I don't know. I get it.
0: Well, you know, I I have to say, I think that um, going back to Star Trek Renegades and all Mm -hmm. those other fan films that we made, for me, that's kind of the cringe factor in some of those fan films is that the people that make them are fanfic writers. Mm Mm-hmm. Those things are fanfic. They're not real episodes. And it has that element in it where you know exactly why they're doing the things that they're doing. And it makes you uncomfortable because you see it as a fanfic thing and not as a, a real produced episode thing. And mm-hmm. you know it doesn't belong on the screen. Like, don't yeah. do that. That's not cool. It doesn't well, work.
1: and especially ones where you know this was made just so this guy and his buddies could play those characters
0: exactly yeah because i mean i know if i did it i'd do the same thing because i'd be be making it for me and Mm -hmm. my friends and Mm -hmm. like screw what other people think but i would never like show it on the internet and let other people see it it would be
1: yeah it's like my fanfic is as naked on the internet as i want to get and even now that i don't write it anymore you know, I sometimes think about it. I, like I said, I think some of it is still good. Some of it still, ha- or you know, has some value. But it was this just really, it just it took me aback.
0: Wow, very interesting. Well, I will get around to watching Sherlock one day, and when I do, I'll tell you what I think about that.
1: Okay. Well, I, like I said, these first two episodes were such a disappointment to me. Um, but now it's back on track. Definitely, definitely worth something worth watching, you know, to start from the beginning and go right through it. So, um,
0: very good. Well, thank you for, for filling us in on that. That was good. And that ended up being a good chat. Um, okay. I want to mention one funny thing. Okay. uh, Which is, again, this was sent to us, I believe by our man in New Zealand. And it's a a web comic that's called (gasps) Chief O'Brien at Work. Yes. I love this. And it's really funny. It's by a guy named John Adams, and he's got um, this comic at this website. And it is the most, like, existentialist, <laughs> <laughs> weird thing I've ever seen, but I love it. And it really got me to thinking a little bit about the job of the guy who has to be in the transporter room all day long. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, there were a couple that were good. This particular one, I just wanted to read the, the uh, word balloons, because I think it gives people a good feel for what this is like. So, it's just Chief O'Brien standing there in the transporter room behind the thing. Nothing's going on. And then um, he gets a message. Picard to Chief O'Brien, transport me to the surface. And O'Brien goes, the surface? What surface? Where are we? I've just been standing here. I don't have any windows. <laughs> <laughs> couple more panels go by and he goes hello (laughs) and then picard says never mind chief i'm on the surface now i just had the computer do it (gasps) brian just stands there with a look on his face i know i know and that's the whole thing is like this poor poor schmuck standing there with no windows and people don't even come and talk to him oh
1: my god the poor guy (laughs) And it
0: just got me thinking, you know, all those people on the Enterprise
1: who work in
0: the transporter room, that's all they ever get to do. Yeah, yeah. Oh. Uh,
1: what I didn't realize when I looked at it is there's a whole series of these. Yes. Just I thought it was on one cartoon.
0: Nope. It's, it's a whole series and it's all the same. It's just him standing there trying to get people to notice him or be important or anything. And it just never happens.
1: Okay, here's my favorite now. He's just standing there, standing there, standing there, and then he says, I could transport all of you into space right now if I wanted. And then he's just standing there. (laughs) These are amazing. Now I'm going to have to go through all of them.
0: That's awesome. Uh, Sorry, I don't know why that's so funny. (laughs) It just is. Oh, And to, do, to have it be Chief O'Brien, too, is the best. She's mm-hmm. got that sort of sad sack looking face. Yes.
1: yes. Oh, my goodness. I can't believe there's a whole series of these things. That is amazing. Okay.
0: So everybody needs to go and read them because it's yes. hilarious. Okay. Um, let's see. We're, we're coming up to the end of the show here. What else did we need to talk about? That was
1: it. We've hit them all. Okay. We'll do the Tenuto stuff next time.
0: Okay. That sounds good. Um, So, uh, for everybody out there, please let us know if you're going to be at that particular uh, Creation Con. In June. In in June, the first weekend of June, because we are absolutely going to be there. And we'll put up something on the blog, too. Of of course. to let you know with information so yeah let us know about that and if anybody has a copy of voice of the planet let us know so we can um let john barnacle know that his name is spelled and we will absolutely try to get in touch with him and see if he's got any juicy stories for us
1: yes and everybody if you have not we're just going to remind you to go look at out to lunch and (laughs) uh, validate or argue against ian sinclair's conclusions that's true let's get a good good healthy butt debate going
0: I was just going to say that. It, that deserves, I think it deserves a healthy discussion. I, yes. I, I think there is a possibility that that video could one day go viral if another if enough people actually looked at it. Yes. It, it's just mesmerizing. I think that's the word for it.
1: Oh, I have to tell you, just a couple weeks ago, yes. I believe it was on the Shatner board, somebody posted that thing you posted from My Little Pony. Mm-hmm. So it spun all around and now is coming back. Oh, that's great! That yes, awesome. yes. Well,
0: I read I read those comics, and every time I look, just to make sure there are no more <laughs> Star Trek jokes in there. I haven't seen another one yet. In fact, the last one, the last uh, issue, had a whole thing where the characters go into um, some storybooks, and then the mm-hmm. storybook characters come out and invade Equestria. Uh-huh. So there's one whole panel that's full of. Um, fantasy jokes. So there's Gandalf fighting a Balrog, and there's uh, <laughs> uh, there's um, Voldemort, and uh, some other and the Evil Queen from Snow White, and all in pony form. Oh, so great! It's great. <laughs> so we've been like like trying to spot them. I think there's some in there from Game of Thrones, but I don't watch it, so right, I don't know right.
1: There in. probably but is,
0: but it's really good. Yeah, the Gandalf one is great, and there's the Balrog. Up there. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Well that's great that. but do do keep us posted if there's any more trek in my little pony cuz that was so brilliant.
0: It was it was awesome. I just love the way they were drawn. I love the quirkiness. Oh,
1: yes. <laughs> yes. Too funny.
0: That's great. All right. Um, so that's going to wrap it up for now. Um, we will be back, hopefully, with another episode um, before too much longer. I, I had mentioned on Twitter that uh, there were a lot of things happening, like Chicago being buried in snow. <laughs>
1: yeah. and, um, perpetually. <laughs> and perpetually
0: frozen. And then here in California, the drought is really bad. Like, I don't know what's going to happen this summer, man. I know. I mean, it's very scary. Do? It's very scary.
1: And we should start shipping you guys some of our snow.
0: Really? See, that would make sense. And then I hear that in England, they're having floods all over the place. So, yep. Um, as, as someone um, keeps saying to me, basically, we're all fucked.
1: Yep. Yep. Let's go
0: to the future. Let's go to the Star Trek
1: future. Well, well yeah, Mother Earth has things. had it with us.
0: Yeah, I think so. I, I want to go. I want to live in a Star Trek universe.
1: Oh, yeah. A good one, not the mirror one.
0: Not the mirror one.
1: No, and not a fanfic one. <laughs> no, not a fanfic one. No.
0: All right. Well, let's just wrap it up now. So, um, as always, everybody, thanks for listening. Uh, send us your homework. Send us your emails. We love hearing from you.
1: Yes, and live long and potluck.
0: Yes. Yeah, so, until next time, bye. Bye bye.